Programming on the Inherent Dream Podcast Network is made possible by Realtor Elizabeth Merwin-Smith. Over 35 years of experience in all aspects of real estate. For more information, call Beth at 763-286-3729. Fox Point Publishing. Find your new favorite book with Fox Point Publishing. Find more information at foxpointpublishing.com. That's Fox, P-O-I-N-T-E, publishing.com. Roll Air Plumbing and Heating a locally owned family business in Zimmerman. For service, call 763-250-1595 or visit online at rollairrepair.com. Zimmerman Floral and Gifts, your hometown florist with a lovely variety of fresh flowers and creative gift ideas. Stop in at the shop or shop online at zimmermanfloral.com. In Good Hands Massage, treat yourself to a massage. Book your appointment or get your gift cards at facebook.com backslash massage by Lindsay. Jensen Sales Plus. Looking to buy or sell online? Look no further than JSP. Get started at jensensalesplus.com. Jenna Jensen. Let Jenna be your paper pie brand partner. Get started with your order with the link through our website, inherentdream.com backslash sponsors. The Deep Valley Book Festival, Saturday, October 7th at the Country Inn and Suites in Mankato. For more information, visit deepvalleybookfestival.com. Metawana Visionary, a psychic located in central Minnesota. More information is available on Facebook. Just search for Dark Art and Pony Rides. Ashley Taylor Salon and Spa, a full-service salon and spa for women and men in Zimmerman. Book your appointment today at 763-856-7721 or book online at ashleytaylorsalon.com. And listeners like you. This is the Inherit Dream Podcast Network. Welcome to the Trevor J. Brown Show. The Trevor J. Brown Show is meant for an adult audience. The Trevor J. Brown Show may contain explicit language and topics. Listener discretion is advised. This is the Trevor J. Brown Show. Be a part of the show and email us at inherentdream at yahoo.com. Visit our website at inherentdream.com. And now, your host... Trevor J. Brown. Welcome into another edition of the Trevor J. Brown Show here on the Inherent Dream Podcast Network. Oh, we have a stellar show lined up for you this week, including Mr. TNT is here. Mark Stone, weekly football picks, recap a wild card weekend. And we look ahead to all the juicy matchups for the divisional round in the National Football League. Yeah, let's win some money with Stone this week. I also unveil my favorite songs and albums of the past year. I'm joined by Freddie Joyce to talk about his podcast, Freddie's World. The season premiere just dropped this past week. But we start off tonight talking about The fear. The fear that I have that I'm losing my faith in humanity. My fear that life can be challenging and I can't speak for everybody. I can only speak from the perspective of a 36-year-old white male. 
So ladies, maybe you go through this too. Other dudes that are older, maybe you go through this too. Younger dudes, maybe you go through it. But I can only speak from my experience. And I don't know. It's been like the last year or so, couple years. I guess I don't know how long it's been. But I, every month or so, go through a stretch of days where two, three, four days in a row each month, I get rather depressed. And it doesn't happen to always be the same thing that sort of sets me off into that mood. But it is generally something where when I think about it more, it maybe doesn't bother me, the circumstance doesn't bother me right away. But then the more that I think about it, or if it gets brought back up, it sort of lowers my mood into this this funk. It's the fear of the funk. I don't want to be in the funk. And I have a fear of the funk. So get me out of this funk. Two examples. One is a shorter story. One's a little bit longer. But I'm going to tell you both. One, me and Lindsay went to South Dakota for our anniversary, our one-year anniversary back in October. We had a great time. And one of the things that we do is when we're out and about, we always see these little cool knickknacks and these cool little things. They might not be expensive, but... We're like, hey, so-and-so might like this. Or, man, this would make a good birthday present for this person. Even though their birthday's nine months away, this would be a cool gift. This would be a cool Christmas idea, a cool Hanukkah idea, or whatever, you know? So when we're out and about on our anniversary trip, we're, we're seeing these things. And we pick up a couple birthday gifts. And we're like, oh, this this would be good for Christmas. And this happened with a couple different people where... We get it. I mean, people are so busy with the holidays where you're working and you got parties and you have kids and you're running about all this stuff. It's life, right? So you text people and you're like, hey, I got you a little something for your birthday or I got you a little something for Christmas or or whatever. And Hey, you want to meet up or Hey, you want to swing through or could I swing through or that sort of conversation? And I told this to a couple of people that, Hey, for, we got you just a little, a little something for Christmas. Any chance you could swing through and and pick it up, come on in, have a cup of coffee. You can get your gift. I'm telling you this. I don't want anything in return. We just, we thought of you. And now we're past the middle of January. And these select people just haven't had the time to stop in. And again, I get it. Life happens. But we're not close to Christmas anymore. Now, close to Christmas is... Hey, it's, it's the 28th. Can I, can I swing in tomorrow? Can I swing in new year's day? 
No, it's it's past the middle of January now. So what what do you think that that shows to me and my wife? Like it doesn't matter. Like it doesn't matter that we even thought of you. And I'm not looking for a pat on the back. I'm not looking for recognition. But that's just how it makes me feel. And when I feel that way, then I get into the funk and I have a fear of the funk. I don't want to fall into the funk. So things like that sort of in a way, not that I don't still care for these people. And it's multiple people. Not that I still don't care for these people, but it just it. And not again, not that I'm looking for recognition, but it just makes me feel like it doesn't matter. Like even being a good person and thinking of other people and trying to do the right thing, it doesn't matter. Doing that little simple thing, there's still a way. It should make you feel good. But people can let you down. The bigger story. Last weekend. Well, I'll take you before last weekend, okay? I got to... I got to give you a little background on this. So my parents live in, in an area where there's not a sidewalk, but there's there's a curb. And about a month ago, there was this car. The people live at the end of, they live in a cul-de-sac. And these people at the end of the street, they parked their car real close to my parents' driveway and they left their car up on the lip, but they weren't really blocking the driveway and non-emergency was called and, and it, the cops really couldn't do anything. The, the car was real close to the driveway, but they couldn't tow it because it technically wasn't blocking anything, blah, blah, blah. I wasn't there. This is just what I was told. So I went over last weekend because I was watching football with the folks and we had a great time. We made some homemade pizzas. It was delicious. So as I pull up, here's this car. And the car now, it's not on the lip of the curb. The back end, the the back quarter of the car is blocking my parents' driveway. My parents are a little bit older and they don't have to deal with this bull crap. And I'm tired of it. So... Now it's clearly blocking. Like if I if I pull in the driveway and back out, I'd hit the back end of this car. Rude, right? So I know exactly who it is. It's these lovely neighbors at the end of the, the road that feel like they own the neighborhood and they can do whatever they want. So I pull up to this other house and I go and knock on the door and I put on my being polite hat and you the the door is opened and I'll preface this there has been run-ins with this house at the end of the street not anything with us but there have been police called multiple times there have been I don't know if they're ATF or what but they They were marching across my parents' lawn with long guns, and they took somebody out of this house at one point. That gives you a little background. So 
door is opened by like 14, 15 year old kid. And you get a contact high right away. You just smell the marijuana and it's bad marijuana. And I said, Hey, uh, you know, sorry to bother you, but is this, is that silver car yours, your, your family's in, in the, in the road? Yeah. Well, is there any way you you could move it? Because it, it's kind of blocking our driveway. Yeah. There's like real, no, like I'm going to go get keys or I'll have my mom or dad move it or my brother or my sister or whoever. So then in the background, you hear, who is that? And woman comes to the door. So I kind of just repeat myself. I say, hey, is there any, is that your car in the road? It's, it's, you know, is there any chance it could be moved? Oh, sure. And then when the mom's at the door, because there's a flaw in, in some people, whenever you say like not a command, but you ask somebody to do something or you give an explanation as to why it needs to be done, then they immediately get defensive. And the example of that is, I said, because it's kind of blocking our driveway. And then they immediately get defensive and say, well, we'll move it, but it's not really blocking your driveway. She had the audacity to say that. And I said, yes, it is. The back quarter of your car, if I back down the driveway, is, is blocking the drive. So then she starts to get like really defensive and hostile. This is Sunday morning. How amped up are you going to get on a Sunday morning at 1030? I'm in a good mood. I had music going the whole way to my parents. I got a, a trunk full of pizza fixings. We're going to have some nice apple pie. I'm excited. I'm in a good mood. I just asked you to move your car. So then she's then then it's like, oh, hell breaks loose. She's like, I'm not. I, you blah, 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 blah. Slams the door in my face. So imagine how I feel at that point. And yes, this is the part where I can admit my fault. I, to the closed door, I pretty much say, okay, you dumb bitch. You know, like I was, I was not pleasant. Well, pleasant, uh, surprisingly, she had the ears of a hobbit and heard that and swung the door back open. And then started cursing me out. And then, so now this is where I get cute. Because I pretty much said, either move your car or we'll have it towed. Well, long story short, Brother Harrison that came up behind me. <laughs> and uh, Brother Harrison, love him. I love you, buddy. Brother Harrison runs a little hotter than uh, than Big T here. <laughs> so. So we left and uh, we ended up because we ended up calling the non-emergency number and a great officer came out and took care of it. And look, at the end of the day, I know that the police have bigger fish to fry, but the city handled it properly. End of the story is through this whole situation, they ended up moving the car because it was the right thing to do. And I was right all along. (laughs) <laughs> it's just why does everything need to be so difficult why can't you just open your door and say hey sorry about that uh we'll get on this right away the, the car legitimately looked like 
I don't even know what it looked like. It's like they, because there's a little incline going up this little development and it's a cul-de-sac and then it ends. You turn around, you go down the hill. So it looks like the car, they were going up the hill and they just decided at some point not to park it in front of their house, but they were like, F it. We're just going to park it right here in front of this driveway. And it's like kind of crooked out into the street. I mean, honestly, it, uh, it, it looked like somebody was driving the car and was honestly super high, super drunk, or both, and they just thought, oh, uh, and they walked away from it. It, it. it looked like George Bailey's vehicle when he crashes it in It's a Wonderful Life, and it's just sitting there, and it's like crooked, except he was in a, you know, this is in a driveway. It's in, It was a joke. You're clearly in the wrong. Why can't you just say, sure, I'll do that? Sure, this is fine. I can do this. Now, later we found out that, and I don't even know if I fully believe this, but the car died. They couldn't get it started, allegedly. If that was the case, if you would have told me that from the start... I could have helped you push it into your driveway. I could have helped you move it. But instead, you have to go from zero to threat level midnight and make a big deal about it. I'm, I'm, it this is the fear I have. This is the fear because the more and more I go through life, people, and this, this person shouldn't disappoint me at all. I have no vested interest in this person at the end of the road. But I was born and raised to be good to other people, to treat people with respect. But there's just an element of society. They don't care about anyone else. They don't care about anything they do. They are going to do life their way 110%. They don't give a rat's behind about you, your family, the neighborhood, the environment, uh, the city they live in. They don't care. It's their, it's their playpen. It's what they do. Well, then for people that do care and for people that do try, it's uh, it's rather difficult. And then when you think about that, I don't know if, if you ever think about those situations. Does it put you in a funk? Does it make you depressed? Because when I think about society and where we're heading, people's norms and values, ethics the way people treat each other, it doesn't give me a lot of hope for the future. And I know that's depressing. I know it is. I know it is. But my goodness, people, just... But why does that lady disappoint me? She shouldn't disappoint me because I don't know her. But that's where the opportunity comes to make a difference. See, your friends know if you're a good person or not. It's the stranger. I want the stranger in the supermarket to be like... Wow, that guy dropped a ton of stuff. He didn't ha he didn't have to pick it up, but he did. I don't know that guy. It's being a good person when no one's watching. That's what life that's one of the life lessons. See all these all these people I laugh they're doing a good thing, but they need the publicity for it. You know, look, we do the food and song thing here at Inherent Dream. I love doing it. I don't like talking about it, though. The reason I don't like talking about it is I, I'm not looking for a pat on the back. I do it because I want to help people in our communities. That's what we do. That's what we want to do. 
but you have some of these these other people where it's like hey uh we threw down our corporate credit card and you can go get a free large pizza at uh, the local pizza place and be sure to tell them this person told you to stop on by and it's like a free ad for your company well good for you you're, you're doing a good thing i get that but you know it would make it even cooler if you just said hey uh it's it's anonymous like you tell you tell the pizza place like hey we're, we'll buy pizzas for for the afternoon or whatever and it's from us here's our information but we we don't need the recognition we don't want our name used so people, instead of just being a, a a good business or a good person, kind of behind the scenes, it's like a free it's like a free advertisement now. I don't. It's like, well, yeah, you're doing something good. It's tough to criticize that, but I don't know. There's kind of some motives in it, isn't it? Just be a good person to be a good person. How about that? Instead of always thinking about about yourself and and trying to make another dollar. I promise we won't uh, we won't be uh, depressed all night here. I'm not depressed now, but I'm just saying it's moments like that, those two moments that I wanted to share with you because that makes me fearful of the funk. Great show tonight. Mark Stone is here. I unveil my favorite albums and songs of the year. And up next, Freddie Joyce from the podcast. Freddy's World. This is the Trevor J. Brown Show on the Inherent Dream Podcast Network. The Trevor J. Brown Show. Come along with the Inherent Dream Podcast Network and promote your business, and let's make the next year a record year. The Inherent Dream Podcast Network is home to the Trevor J. Brown Show and 763 The Local with more shows debuting soon. Our advertising packages are super affordable and will get your message in front of thousands unique and entertaining podcasts and content being produced right here in central minnesota support local interested in learning more connect with us at inherent dream at yahoo.com the inherent dream podcast network this isn't business as usual the trevor j brown show looking to buy or sell online but don't know where to start look no further than jensen sales plus JSP makes buying and selling online easy. From Craigslist to Amazon, eBay to Etsy, they can help you with it all. Check out their website for more information, JensenSalesPlus.com. That's JensenSalesPlus.com. This is the Trevor J. Brown Show here on the Inherent Dream Podcast Network. An old buddy of mine, an old co-worker, an old colleague, Freddie Joyce, joining me on the phone line right now freddie how the hell have you been i've been very well man no complaints um the podcast has taken off really well got like a nice little buzz in the cities and parts parts here at home you know in minnesota you know so i still got a lot to room to grow and still got a lot to learn man but so far so good let's talk about the podcast it's called freddie's world people can get it on spotify all the other places where they can get their podcasts, including Anchor. But so you just launched season four. And I gotta tell you, man, season four, your debut episode called Charlene. And I was like, okay, well, what is this about? And it's I, I, I told you off the air, and I gotta tell my listeners, it's real, it's raw, it's emotional. And we need more stuff like this. We need more podcasts like this that keep it real. And the whole podcast is about your mother. 
who passed away back in October. I just want to send my condolences to you, but also bravo to you on such a well-crafted season debut for you. Thank you. Like I said, it was emotional. You know, like I said in the in the episode that my mom was bulletproof. You know, she was my Black Panther. She was my role model and superhero, you know. And when she got diagnosed with the tumor in the brain, the same as John McCain, you know, and just watching her, what she had to go through, it made me realize that, A, life is short, and B, um, time waits for nobody, you know? Mm -hmm. Time does not stand still. So, and you're not guaranteed tomorrow. But I don't want to give too much away of the episode. I want your listeners to tune in because it was real and it was emotional because it was about everything I was going through with my mom. And so far, the feedback from that has been phenomenal. Um, I had people that heard it saying after hearing that, I sent my mom and dad a text just to say I love them after hearing that episode. So, Yeah, I think it's important you mentioned in the episode, like put all that side stuff away. If you got a beef with not even just like your mom and dad, or it could be your brother or sister or your friends, we become so polarized. You mentioned life is so short. I think it's very important after hearing this episode, especially like put that stuff away. And if people mean something to you or they ever have meant anything to you, put it away, send them a text, give them a call, let people know what they mean to you. That's important. Yes, it is because we're, we're all not guaranteed tomorrow. Mm-hmm. We're not. So, and I definitely wanted to touch on that, you know, cause that's something I learned what, when my mom got diagnosed, like I said, with the tour, the tumor i'm not trying to sound like a broken record but when that happened it just put stuff in perspective you know like wow like nothing's guaranteed man you know how difficult was it when your mom got diagnosed and you're sitting there in that room and you you see her as like your your you know superwoman you know your black panther and knowing like hey you can fight this but now it's kind of out of your hands. There's not. There's nothing you can do. I would. I would imagine that the feeling was, you just kind of felt helpless at that point, right? Yeah, I just felt helpless, and there was times I definitely wanted to switch places with her. Mm-hmm. You know, and like I said, it's nothing worse seeing somebody who you feel was bulletproof go through this. And there, I don't want to say yet yeah, say struggling, but it's like man like this is it got a little better then it came back aggressively it's like cancer cancer's a hell of a (laughs) man it's a bitch yeah it's it's a bitch yes a hundred percent you mentioned freddie by the way we got freddie joyce here freddie's world is the podcast the one thing like obviously like i I never met your mom but she seems like somebody that i would have got along with because the one thing not knowing your mom, but the one thing that I kind of took away from it, if there was like an attribute about her, it had to be, she had to have a lot of courage. I mean, think about, you tell the story of, of being in Gary, Indiana and moving to South Minneapolis. I mean, that took courage for her to take you and your brother to kind of start a new life, try to give you, try to give you guys a better life. Yes, it does take courage because she wanted us to have the opportunities that she didn't get, you know, like mm-hmm. I said in the episode, Gary, Indiana, there's it's all black town. There's not a lot of opportunity, you know. So when my mom moved my older brother and I up here, you know, it was a culture shock, you know, because 
like I said, I was around Caucasians and Asians, and I was never around that in Gary, Indiana, you know, mm-hmm. and my transition was a little bit better because I was in fifth grade. My older brother was a freshman, so his transition was a little bit more more challenging, sure. probably, than mine because I was in the fifth grade. So when you're a kid, it's like, hey, you want to play with me? Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> if, if you could have your mom here today and talk to her for like another couple minutes, what would be the first thing you would say to her? I would say thank you for all her sacrifices. I love her, and I just hope I keep making her proud, you know? The one part of the episode, I kind of started licking my chops. You mentioned this. I wrote it down here. Triple layer German chocolate cake. You got that recipe you can share? <laughs> I don't see that recipe. Went to the grave with her. My buddy gave me if you If you guys looking for a great singer, he's based out of Atlanta. He's got stuff on iTunes, my awesome. ex, uh, all great, great song, great songwriter, great singer. His stuff is on Apple Gabe, so go check him out. But yeah, he loved that triple layer German chocolate cake, and that recipe went with my mom. I did not get that. Is that your favorite uh, recipe of hers? I guess if if you were going over to your mom's and she was like, Freddie, I'm going to cook you a meal. What what's what's the request? Like, what are you telling her to make? Oh, first off, my mom made the best potato salad in collard greens. Really? Out of this world, you know. Yeah. You gotta have the collard greens. <laughs> you gotta have the. Yeah, my mom made. My mom was just a phenomenal cook. There yeah. was nothing that she could not cook, you know. But the triple layer German chocolate cake and her banana pudding was a must. Oh, oh man. That sounds so good, Freddie. Yes. <laughs> uh, before I let you go, let my listeners know where they can uh, where they can find your podcast. Again, season four is now. How often are you going to be dropping new episodes? I'm going to be dropping my. I'm going to be dropping two to three episodes a month. Okay. Yep. So it's called it's called Freddie's World. Um, all the seasons are on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon. Google Podcasts, Owltail, and other streaming platforms as well, iHeart, and it's called Freddy's World, and all the seasons are available, and we started season four this past Friday with an episode called Charlene, which is based off my mom, so. Yeah, go listen to it, folks, because it's, uh, again, real, raw, emotional, Freddy, hell of a job, best of luck with your upcoming season. And uh, we'll obviously keep in touch and and best of luck with the podcast moving forward, my friend. Thank you. And thank you for having me on your show. Absolutely. That's Freddie Joyce. Check out Freddie's World, the podcast, wherever you get your podcast. This is the Trevor J. Brown Show on the Inherent Dream Podcast Network. The Trevor J. Brown Show. Time to relax. Time to treat yourself. Time for a massage. Time to head to In Good Hands Massage in Malacca. In Good Hands Massage specializes in all types of massage, including deep tissue, relaxation, hot stone, sports massage, and more. They also offer salt lamps, essential oils, and much more. Book your appointment today or get your gift cards at facebook.com slash massage by Lindsay. In Good Hands Massage in Malacca, the official relaxation spot of the Trevor J. Brown Show. And a big thank you to Freddie Joyce for joining us here on the program. 
Be sure to check out Freddy's World, the podcast, new episodes dropping two to three times a month. So we got Mark Stone coming up. We'll get to football picks with him in a little bit. I want to give you now my list of my favorite albums and songs of 2022. It's an annual list we put together. I got to be fully honest with you. I'm trying to find movies to compile like my favorite films of the past year. And I am struggling big time to come up with three films. I have one on the list right now. I went to a movie last weekend that I thought would make the list. Uh, It ain't making the list. It's one of the most disappointing movies I've seen of all time. In fact, I, I, we don't have time this week for me to review it, but perhaps next week I'll give you my review. So at some point, I'll give you my list of my favorite films of the year. But in case you missed our TV edition a couple weeks ago, my favorite TV shows of 2022 included number one, Barry, season three. If you're not watching Barry, you are missing out. Barry is, I'll go on record and say this, Barry is my favorite television show since Master of None, seasons one and two. The first two seasons of Master of None with Aziz Ansari, some of my favorite TV. And Barry is some of my favorite TV as well. Season three of Barry was my top spot. Speaking of Aziz, his uh, Netflix special, Nightclub Comedian, that was number two on my list. And number three, The Patient from FX. So let's get into favorite albums of the year. I only pick five. I pick five albums. Well, technically six. One's a Minnesota album. And then uh, I pick five. I guess the Minnesota album could be in the top five. But I didn't organize it that way uh, for for this year. Previous winners uh, on my list here of top albums of the year include back in 2015 when we started this. If you're reading this, it's too late by Drake. 2016 was Black Star by David Bowie. That's probably the best album that has ever made my list. Another Drake one called More Life in 2017. 2018 was Egypt's Station by Paul McCartney. Everyday Life by Coldplay in 2019. McCartney 3 by Paul McCartney in 2020. Last year, our number one spot went to Jam and Lewis. Jimmy Jam, Terry Lewis, Volume 1. That album is so damn good. If you're like, who, Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis. Uh, some of the best producers of all time. Incredible musicians. If you don't know Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis, any old Janet Jackson, The Velvet Rope, All For You, most of those early Janet albums, well, All For You is not early, but a lot of the early Janet albums and like All For You, they were all recorded mostly right here in Minnesota, I think their flight time studios were what down in Adina or Egan or somewhere down there. I don't, the studio's not there anymore for them. I think they're mainly out in LA, but volume one by jam and Lewis is so, so good. There's so many great guests on it. Usher is on there. Mariah Carey, Babyface, Mary J. Blige. Oh, it is a great, great record. Highly recommend it. So let's hop into this year. First, we'll start with our Minnesota album of the year. That goes to our friends at Capital Suns. Uh, 
They released their sixth studio album uh, back in 2022. The EP, it's it's hard hitting at times. It's infectious from start to finish. It's melodic. On the record, we get the songs Capsized, See a Thing, Down the Mountain, and a studio version of I'm Sick. I think it's uh, fantastic what the guys did uh, for uh, for those four songs, and that's our favorite local release of the year. We hope to catch up with those guys at some point here in the coming months. I, I don't have anything firm on them at this point, but it sounds as if they will have plenty of shows coming up this summer. You can keep up with Capital Suns online, capitalsuns.com for more information. Number five album on my list, it's one called EBM. It's the seventh studio album from the British band Editors. It was released back in September by PIAS Recordings. And the album is named after both the band and their newest member, uh, the newest member, Black Mass, and the genre, uh, the genre electronic body music. It's pop, it's Indietronica, it's new wave, industrial rock. What's incredible about Editors is when they started off, their first album, The Back Room, and then their second album, I, what's the second album called? An End Has a Start. And when you listen to those albums, they're great records, but it's very uh, alt-rock, they sound like a mix between Joy Division and Interpol. It's kind of that type of vibe. And then on their third album, they flip a switch and there's more synthesizers and there's there's more keyboards. And then there was a little thing in the band and the guitar player, Chris, he left. And then they rebooted. And the album after that kind of goes back to a little bit of what they were doing on the earlier albums, not as much electronics. And now they're going full-fledged into this kind of electronic new wave industrial rock realm, which is a lot of fun. If I had to cherry pick one thing, a lot of the songs on the album are rather long. The shortest song on the album is 339 but a lot of them are around six, seven minutes long. So the album itself, it's nine songs, but over 50 minutes of music. Now, generally, that sort of doesn't fall into my category of give me your best in eight, nine, 10 songs. Give me 30, 40 minutes of music. But it, in a way, works with these songs. It's a, uh, it's a damn fine album. I really enjoy how it's produced. You got to listen on headphones because that gives you one type of vibe for the album. But then you also have to turn it up really loud too. And Well, I, I turn it up really loud in my headphones, but I'm saying put the headphones away and listen on some big bad speakers because there's a lot going on in these songs. There's a lot of bass. There's a lot of cool synth sounds. This is a great record. It's called EBM. It's the seventh studio album by the British band Editors, and it is out now. And as you can hear in the background, the cops are coming for you. Number four album, Dawn of the Freak by The Haunted Youth. The Haunted Youth uh, is a band centered around Joachim Lieben's 29 
And uh, this band is from Belgium. They're kind of the indie darlings in Belgium. Um, but they're getting more recognition throughout Europe now. And I think at this point, uh, at some point this year, you're going to start hearing about them more and more in uh, in the U.S. The debut album, Donna the Freak, came out in November. And they have been starting to get some, some pretty big praise. Uh, Consequence and New Musical Express, the Haunted Youth even made Song of the Day for their track Coming Home and went into heavy rotation with radio stations KCRW and KEXP. Shoegaze, alt-rock, very 80s. Here's, here's an example. If you're like, hey, what does the Haunted Youth sound like? Uh, it would be music today done today that would if john hughes made a movie today i mean he can't because he's no longer with us but if john hughes made a movie i bet you the haunted youth a song from donna the freak would would be in that movie that's that sort of vibe that i get you can uh, check out the album yourself the haunted youth official.bandcamp.com and it is their debut album it's uh one of the better debut albums that I've heard in a uh, in a long time. Number three on my year-end list goes to Washington band Death Cab for Cutie, their 10th studio album, Asphalt Meadows. It was released back in September through Atlantic Records. What was cool about the recording of this record was they ended up... Um, writing it through the pandemic. So the band employed tactics to write material remotely. They used Dropbox to send back and forth these these files. So on Monday, one band member would write a bed for a new song before handing it off to the next musician and so on and so on and so on. It makes for their best album in easily... A decade. There's a lot of new ideas to this record, but there's also a lot of old influence on it as well. I especially love a song called Rand McNally. It's one of my favorite songs of the year. Um, that obviously makes my list for, for the end of the year, but Ben Gibbard is one of the best lyricists of all time. He just has a way of conveying certain emotions and feelings. And I don't know what it is with Ben. He writes a hell of a sad song uh, that can make you feel those emotions of being sad or being depressed or or what have you. And uh, the record really shines. Again, it's called Asphalt Meadows. It's the 10th studio album by Death Cab for Cutie. Number two on my list is a record that really surprised me. Early on in the year, it came out in March on a record labeled called Secretly Canadian. And it's the fourth studio album by Australian musician Alex Cameron. It's called Oxy Music. It was produced by Cameron and the album continues his signature style of storytelling from the perspectives of different characters. Uh, 
this album, what's weird is I had no idea before this album who Alex Cameron was. And then in my new music Friday on Spotify, one of the early singles came up. I think it was a song called Best Life. And I'm like, wow, this song really is a great song. I kind of get some vibes of like Brandon Flowers and the Killers. Well, then I start reading a little bit more that Alex Cameron has actually written with Brandon Flowers and the Killers. And he has songwriting credits on previous uh, uh, Killers albums. And he's also performed with the Killers on stage. So it's just, it's weird how your mind thinks like, oh man, this sounds like something maybe the Killers would have played. Favorite song on the album is a is a track called K-Hole. It is, oh, the way the synths are, there's there's certain instruments and songs where you're like, man, that is just perfect. The, the sound you get, the production value you get, it's absolutely perfect. I love this record. A lot of people who love Alex Cameron, though, they think this is his worst record. But again, I'm new to the party with Alex Cameron, so I've been going back and listening to his earlier albums, too. But this album really stood out for me. It's number two on my list of the year, and it's uh, called Oxy Music. My number one album of the year, though, it goes to Phoenix. The album's called Alpha Zulu. It's their seventh studio album. It was released back in November on Glassnote Records. Again, we've talked about Phoenix before. What what I enjoy about this band, me and Brother Harrison saw him back in September, uh at the palace theater in St. Paul. And what I love about this band is they don't release music every year. They don't release music every other year. It's usually a long time. The last time we had an album from them was, was Tiamo in 2017. They take time between records. They craft each and every song. Everything is, is crafted a certain way. It's not just thrown together. It's not just put out there. It's not it's not some bull crap. So many of these artists, especially pop artists these days, it's like over and over again, the same stuff, the same stuff, just packaged a little bit differently. They need to learn, people need to learn how to go away and then come back and either have something really impressive to say or a new look or style. We talked about David Bowie last week. What made David Bowie so great was the reinvention, the diff- the different genres, the just being different. A lot of artists are just so overexposed. Great production value on Alpha Zulu, and it really it really hits. Uh, Ten tracks, thirty five minutes of music. Ezra from Vampire Weekend is featured on the song tonight. One of the guys from Daft Punk helped produce some of the songs on the album. Again, this is another record that, yeah, listen on headphones, but you need some big, bad speakers to listen to this bad boy too, because it it thumps in certain parts. I think side two of this album really won me over because really everything from side one was released as an early single. The title track, the, the song with Ezra, and a song called Winter Solstice. But there's really some meat and potatoes in the middle of the album. A track called Season 2, a track called Artifact, All Eyes on Me. That makes my list, too, of, of year-end songs. Uh, I said it on a, on a previous episode. 
I think on bonus content Saturday, there is, there is not a song in the history of the world where the harpsichord has sounded cooler. So again, uh, we'll get to the songs here in a second, but uh, favorite Minnesota record of the year passages by capital sons. And then for albums of the year, you have EBM by editors, Donna, the freak by the haunted youth, Asphalt Meadows by Death Cab for Cutie, Oxy Music from Alex Cameron, and Alpha Zulu by the band Phoenix. Check out all of those records. They're all delicious. You will enjoy them. Songs, I mentioned K-Hole by, uh, by Alex Cameron. The thing why that made the list, production value, the way the synths sound, it's, it's just, again, delicious. Rand McNally, Death Cab for Cutie. That song... I think the first time I heard it, I got kind of teary eyed because it's just, it's a song about being on the road and being young and playing these shows and looking back on it from the perspective of being a little bit older and what, how things used to be. Not that you necessarily want to go back, but in a way paying tribute, it's an ode to, to that. Um, and again, Ben Gibbard is an incredible lyricist. Educate by editors. That makes the list. Again, with the, the editor's record. The thing with a lot of these these uh, songs, it's, it's the production value. These songs are produced so well. But Educate is like mix a little craft work, mix a little Depeche Mode, Mix a little early editors, mix a little Joy Division, and you get this. And uh, that song really thumps. Great song called Stranger from the Haunted Youth. If there's one song to check out from the Haunted Youth, if I have to win you over with them, check out Stranger by the Haunted Youth. Again, that could be a song in a John Hughes movie. Raise Up Your Glass from Matt Anderson. This album almost made my list. I had a tough time going back and forth. But I highly recommend the the Matt Anderson album from this past year. We had Matt on the old podcast before. And what I enjoy about his album from last year is I always say like, man, a guy with such a voice like that, he should just have a record where it's him and the guitar mainly. And that's mainly what it is. And it works and it really showcases his big voice and it showcases his great guitar playing as well. I mentioned uh, All Eyes on Me from Phoenix. Again, the harpsichord in that song is is the stud. It is the star. And again, the, the harpsichord has never sounded cooler and bigger and badder on any track in the history of music. Uh, Regina Spector had a great record last year. The song that I'm adding uh, that was one of my favorites from it was Space Time Fairy Tale. Very cool song. Uh, Karumba by an artist called Rokia Kone. I don't even know if I'm pronouncing that right, but that record by Rokia was produced by Jackknife Lee. And that's the only reason why I ever discovered it was Jackknife Lee has produced uh, bands before, like, uh, like I think Block Party and uh, like R.E.M. And uh, he also produced this record. It's like West African music, really Big, cool bass on it. Danceable. It's called Karumba. Speaking of Jackknife Lee, he had a, a project this past year too called Telefiche. And the uh, song that I'm adding from that project, Archbishop Beardmouth at the Chem Olympics. It's a very weird song. It is. Kind of a dancey number. 
but it's so different. That's why it's making the list for me because it's like, I, it's one of those things where it's like, I don't quite know what this is about. I don't quite know why it was made and I don't quite know why I like it, but I like it. And, uh, the last track that made my list, it was one of the last songs that made the list from the year. Cause it came out in December, the, uh, soundtrack to empire of light, the title track by Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross. I love those guys. I mean, think about that. The dudes from nine inch nails have an Oscar. They, they won for, for social network for the score. And they've done soundtrack work. They the social network gone girl, the girl with the dragon tattoo. They have an Oscar for soul with, uh, uh, John Batiste. I mean, my goodness, these guys are so talented. Think about that. Like that's, that's a huge inspiration. If people ask me hey, what inspired you with, with inherent dream, like, what do you want to do? Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross are, are some of those people because yeah, you could put them in a category and be like, well, yeah, they're nine inch nails. Like this is the type of music they do, but there's so much more than that. Yeah. They do nine inch nails, love nine inch nails, but look at the, the, the musical, I guess, growth and world that, that they are also in when they do stuff uh, with, with films like Patriot's day and Mank and, and all of these other films that they've been a part of. It's, it's pretty cool to see that they don't just put themselves in one box and in one area. And that should show you that you don't, you don't have to put yourself in one category. You don't have to be in one, one area for music or for art or photography or for film. You can do whatever you want. That's, that is a message that we're starting to drive home on this show. That's a message we're starting to drive home with inherent dream. We said it last week. What made David Bowie so special was the reinvention. He did it his way. You don't need permission from other people to be yourself. You don't need permission from other people to write a book or make a film or record a record. You can do it yourself. You can say whatever you want. You can draw whatever you want. Life is a blank palette. It's a blank slate. Color the picture how you want. That's a look at our favorite songs and albums of the year. We got Mark Stone coming up. We're going to win some money with Stone. Football Picks is next. This is the Trevor J. Brown Show on the Inherent Dream Podcast Network. The Trevor J. Brown Show. Time to relax. Time to treat yourself. Time for a massage. Time to head to In Good Hands Massage in Malacca. In Good Hands Massage specializes in all types of massage, including deep tissue, relaxation, hot stone, sports massage, and more. They also offer salt lamps, essential oils, and much more. Book your appointment today or get your gift cards at facebook.com slash massage by Lindsay. In Good Hands Massage in Malacca, the official relaxation spot of the Trevor J. Brown Show. Mark Stone is here on a free-for-all Friday. Free-for-all Friday! Stone, how the hell are you? I'm doing good, Trevor. Came off a hot weekend, five out of six. Oof. You know, hit on all my bets. And now a lot of you out there were like, when you're doing the carbs and Stone, bet of the week, you're like saying, Stone, have you lost your mind? <laughs> the Chargers are whooping the Jaguars 27 of it. 
Oh, contraire, mon frere. Yeah. Just stick with the stone, baby. I'll pull you through to make that money, make dude, that cash. Dude, I was sitting on the couch. I shut the game off. I'm like, oh, Stone thinks he knows everything about this game. Damn Stone, damn Stone. And I did look at the phone in the morning, and I'm like, what the hell happened? <laughs> I texted you when the comeback was starting. I said, Staley's going to blow this. You watch. Go into my favorite defense, prevent. And that's being sarcastic, folks, in case you didn't catch that over the airwaves. But it, it just, again, the idiocy shines through with him. How he still has a job after the last two weeks is beyond me. Oh, I know why, because Dean Spanos owns that team. Well, and the thing that doesn't make sense to me, Stone, is, yeah, let's fire the offensive coordinator. I'm not saying Joe Lombardi's a great offensive coordinator, but I, I just feel like they had to find a fall guy, and it ended up being Joe Lombardi. It's true. I mean, Joe Lombardi was doing what Joe Lombardi does, and he was running the offense he was hired to run. It's a dink and dunk offense. It was an offense designed with him – Sean Payton and and Carmichael put this offense together to again uh, showcase Drew Brees' strengths, which was short passing yeah. uh, and hitting those routes, and and then those receivers getting the after the you know the yards after the catch, and that's what they were doing here. But the problem is. You don't have a small quarterback who's got a limited arm like Breeze does. And don't get me wrong, Drew Breeze is a fantastic quarterback. He's a Hall of Famer. But Justin Herbert's a freak of nature. And you need to open up the offense. You need to hit it deep and go for that. And Joe Lombardi was never willing to do that again. He wasn't willing to tailor his offense for what the strengths of his team was. So you can only hope that Brandon Staley brings in somebody who's going to do that but with, what, six or seven offensive coordinator openings, and I think there's going to be more here coming up very, very soon as the rumors are Byron Leftwich is done in Tampa as well. Um, I don't think – I'm not confident he's going to get the pick of the litter, and the Spanos family once again passed up on a golden opportunity to get a quality head coach in there who could probably bring the best out in Justin Herbert in the aforementioned Sean Payton. I don't. I don't think they want to pay Sean Payton. I, I don't think they want to. I think that's the reason why that they don't want to go there. You mentioned Lombardi. You know, it's this dink and dunk offense, and it worked with Drew Brees and Herbert's a little bit different. I get that, but you, you got to take some of those those deep balls down the field, especially when you got a guy like Mike Williams, you got a guy like Keenan Allen. But you look at how they were run wise this year with Austin Eckler, who I think is a top ten running back in the NFL, their run game stone, they were still like 30th or 31st in the league in running. It just ain't going to get it done. And a team, you know, Staley's this, this defensive guru, allegedly. I, I don't understand how a guy in, in Trevor Lawrence can throw as many picks as he did. And you lose that game. It's just, I, I don't know how you, how you keep, how you keep your job. I, I, I really don't. I just, uh, that that was a big surprise. I was not surprised by your 49ers. They kicked the crap out of Seattle. It was close for a little bit. Uh, Seattle put up a hell of a fight, but I'm telling you, man, your team defensively clicking on all cylinders and offensively, who are you going to stop? I mean, at this point, there's just so many weapons on the field. This looks like, in my opinion, Stone, easily the best team in the NFC right now, but uh, I think in... in these playoffs as a whole, they look like the most complete team right now. 
No, Brock Purdy has shown that he is an upgrade over Jimmy Garoppolo. I mean, I think even Pete Carroll said it after the game. He's like, he's much faster than we thought he was mm-hmm. going to be. The guy runs a four six forty. So. Again, I think Brock Purdy got overlooked in the draft, and I think a lot of that happened because, again, he had his best year as a sophomore in Iowa State. And post that year, I remember people talking about Brock Purdy and saying, other than his size, this guy has everything. He should be a top-five pick. He didn't have as great of a junior and a great of a senior year, and I think that also had to do a lot with the talent around him and also how much better the Big 12 got. But you look at Iowa State this last year after Brock Purdy and Brees Hall leave, and it's a dumpster fire. And Matt Campbell, I do believe, is a quality coach. So everybody wants to continue pounding on the mystery irrelevant. We've had other undrafted quarterbacks in the past have success in this league, have success in the playoffs. I think you've got to embrace it. You can't deny the number of weapons the 49ers have at their disposal. And I think you texted me and said that they were just toying yeah. with the with the Seahawks in the first half. I, I truly think the Seahawks kind of sent them a wake-up call and said, we're not going to lay down here. They did their thing. Um, they got the calls they needed to get. And they played the kind of ball that Pete Carroll played. The difference was you went to half. 49ers were able to make adjustments. Seattle wasn't able to make as many adjustments because they don't got the same kind of talent and same abilities at their disposal. And then, again, San Fran ran them out of the stadium. So, no, a solid win. Um, definitely put it away again. Another another game where they put up almost uh, 35-plus points. I mean, you mentioned the defense. This offense is no joke either mm-hmm. with Brock Purdy at the helm. Dolphins and Bills. Bills win, but the Bills let the Dolphins stay in this game way too long. The Dolphins have been not the same team in November and December, and I feel like the Bills haven't been either. They just they they let the Dolphins hang around too long, and you can do that against Miami. Now now you can't. Now you're going to see Cincinnati this week. We'll get to that pick here momentarily. But honestly, I know they put up 34 points, but I was not really impressed with Buffalo on on, uh, on Sunday. The Bills are the Mike Tyson of the NFL. They're going to come out, and they are going to try to knock you out. In the first in the first quarter, they're going for that knockout punch. They went up 17 nothing, and I was like, oh, Maybe all the pundits had it right that this was going to be an easy cover. Oh, contraire again on this one. They let Miami hang around. They got a couple things going. And late in the game, you're sitting there going, it's 30, 34 31 or 31 28, whatever it may be. And I'm just like, how is Miami sticking around here yeah. with Skylar Thompson? This shouldn't be happening. But again, Josh Allen is not the same guy that he was when Brian Dayball, who we'll talk about later, was the offensive coordinator of this team. Ken Dorsey, not Brian Dayball. And you're seeing the kind of things we were worried about with Josh Allen when he came out of Wyoming, when he first started in Buffalo. He is reckless. And that's a real issue when you get to the playoffs here because turnovers are going to cost you games here when you get into the final eight. Well, and I'll tell you what, I mean, this is just hypothetical, but if Tua or Teddy start that game, they win. 
I I just I I have to give it up to to third string guy for Miami because he held it in for as long as he could. Uh, he held it together for as long as they could. I know there's no moral victories in sports, but if there is one, it's that because they again had no business hanging around. The Bills uh, were the the preseason darlings of Super Bowl. They're gonna win the whole thing. This is a really good team, and you know at, at the end of the day, Stone, they still might be Super Bowl champs. But you know what? If they do, it's going to maybe be a little bit of a surprise to me because they haven't done it pretty uh, for for a chunk of the season here. Bengals beat the Ravens. That really wasn't pretty. Again, the Ravens kind of stuck around in that game too. I don't know if they win with with Lamar Jackson or, or, uh, you know, a, a more healthy roster on both sides of the football. The Ravens held around, held on for as long as they could. But I just think at the end of the day, the Bengals, the better team, won that game. Well, I told you going into it, that game was going to be a lot closer than anybody anticipated just with the way Mike McDonald was running this defense out there. I said it's a volleyball nickel, and Joe Burrow doesn't like it. Um, And that's exactly what they did to Cincinnati, and they hung in there. I mean, besides making a boneheaded call at the goal line and making making Tyler Huntley go over the top, which I don't understand yeah. why you're a big boy. You should be just pounding it on the ground through there. You're not Trevor Lawrence with the kind of arm reach that he's got. That's what they should have done. They should have gotten physical. Instead, it turns into, you know, it's a 14-point swing when yeah. you look at it. That should have been seven points, and Sam Hubbard runs as fast as he's ever ran in his life <laughs> going the other way to score the touchdown, which is pure Cincinnati here yeah. as they walk away with the win. Um, we've talked about it. These third games against these divisional opponents can prove to be really, really tough, and the Niners struggled too with Seattle in that first half, and Buffalo struggled with Miami. It's a very, very tough game. These games are up. These teams are up for each other, and that's why I did not like the seven and a half. I took the Bengals, and yeah, sure enough. I mean, I took the Ravens, and sure enough, Bengals only win by seven. But onward to bigger and better things. The team survives, and that's all that counts at this the, time of year. The Hubbard run back was easily my favorite play of the weekend. That was so great, and it was so bang, bang at the goal line. That was uh Definitely a lot of fun. Uh, Cowboys beat the Bucks. Is this it for for our boy Tom Brady? I don't know if it's it. I don't think he'll retire. But the days of us waiting and waiting to see Tom strike a comeback against all odds and will his way to a win are over. Yeah, um, that's obvious. That's done. Tampa. Tampa's got a lot of issues. Even if Tom leaves and they get a quality quarterback to get in there, like I said, I think Byron Leftwich is out there. I think we're seeing the fact, Todd, we've talked about it, Todd Bowles is a much better defensive coordinator than he is a head coach. I don't think he can handle both jobs. Um, That was obvious. Dallas was doing to them what they should have been doing to Dallas defensively. Mm -hmm. I don't understand why he kept running zone against them. I think – there's just too much going on, and Todd Bowles doesn't realize what he needs to do defensively to shut down a team, so he just throws out some kind of Tampa 2 zone in typical Tampa fashion, and Dallas was eating it alive. you got to press, man, those guys, stay on them, and, and play some bully ball, and Dallas, for once, did that to somebody else, and Tampa couldn't do a thing, so... 
what was a very big disappointment. Again, I thought Tampa would be bringing what Dallas brought to that game, and Tom would be willing it to win. Hats off to the Cowboys. They did it. It was my only wrong pick of the week, and uh, they're moving on. And Mike McCarthy had the opportunity to do some blunders. There's no doubt about that. Let's march Brett Maher out there for a fourth <laughs> extra point. But it didn't matter yeah. because his game was totally out of reach. So we'll see what happens yeah. next week. What what I'll say, and we'll, we'll talk more about the Cowboys uh, in a second here once we get to the divisional round picks. I, I don't want to take too much away from Dallas because they won the game. They took care of business. I get that. But part of it, too, is I don't think Tampa was that good of a football team this year. We have clearly seen the the comeback down to earth from after they won the Super Bowl a couple years ago. They were not as good last year, and they weren't as good this year as they were last year. So, I mean, they were eight and nine in the regular season. They weren't even they weren't even five hundred. We talked all year about, and I heard all year, and we didn't necessarily talk about it because we knew better. But we heard from tons of different people. Oh well, they just need to get their timing right. This defense is going to heat up. It never did. This some teams they just they're just not that good. And Tampa Bay was one of them. Uh, and I, I honestly. I think part of it is Dallas played good, not great, but also it's who they were playing. So I I can't be too enthused by what I saw from Dallas. More on that in a second. And then we got to talk about the Vikings. They lose 31-24. to Is there anything more Minnesota sports stone than a Minnesota team that doesn't take care of business? You're supposed to. You got the home game in the wild card round. No, nope, you just you lay a big fat egg. And even hearing some of the fans after the game, it's like all the will to win has left Minnesota sports fans. I have never heard more people in my life say, well, for a first-year head coach, it sure was a hell of a run. Boy, that was a lot of fun. Like, do you put any pressure on these coaches? I don't care how many years he's been here or if this is his first year. They should have beat the Giants on Sunday. Well, for those of you that out there who still care about what the Vikings do. <laughs> Mike Zimmer's online too asking, you miss me yet? Because <laughs> that's what was missing from this game. A Mike Zimmer defense yeah. that would be willing to get physical, to shut down the Giants. The Giants, I, I talked to my cousin who's a season ticket Giants season ticket holder and he loves Brian Dayball and you want to know why he loves Brian Dayball and again we said he brings the Dayballs but he is he's the next incarnation of of, of Parcells he's off the Belichick tree which essentially puts you off the Parcells tree and you're seeing the same thing it's smart football it's something different every single week he's finding a way to beat you he knows offense he's all of a sudden Tutor Daniel Jones from being from failing the class at starting quarterback all of a sudden to a C student here yeah. <laughs> in passing. And when you got that, you got a team that not only gets the playoffs, but gets a playoff win if you're playing a team with real issues like the Vikings have. And it's been this defense the whole year. You lost last year eight close games. This year you won 10, 11 close games. Great. But Something's got to give, and don't get me wrong. I enjoy, I enjoy KOC. I like what he does with this offense. I think he's got some real believers there, and Kirk Cousins. But I said the real issue was Ed Donatel on defense. I wasn't impressed with him as a defense coordinator, as a defensive coach prior to this. 
I'm still not impressed with them now. This team needs teeth defensively. They need physicality. Well, it can't be a finesse team, and it can't be a team either that's going to just rely on their top 11 to try to get it done. When the offense is getting off the field as quickly as they are in scoring as fast as they are, you got to have guys, you got to have rotation that goes back up to the front office as well to getting depth in here. Yeah, uh, I just – I don't know what they do this off season, but I think you're going to see a lot of change from uh, on the defensive side of the ball. Mark Stone is here. Let's talk divisional round. Let's get some picks in. Let's win some money. Stone will start Saturday afternoon. Jacksonville Jaguars. Oh, what a cute story. They go to Arrowhead. They play Kansas City. Look, man, I'm taking Kansas City in this game. I'm going to take final score. 31 to 17 Patrick Mahomes shows why he will be the NFL MVP this year look for a big big day from Jarek McKinnon uh, I'm in agreement with you Kansas City wins I don't agree with you it's a blog this is one of my bets for this week this is one of my three bets I put it on Jacksonville at the eight and a half baby here's something here's something for you to chew on when the Chiefs are seven points or higher favorites at Arrowhead, the underdog covers 65%. Ooh. Think about that. Good Patrick stat. Mahomes does not good when he's bigger than a three-point favorite. you got to fade him. I do believe the Chiefs win in this game. I, I, and maybe, maybe they jump out to a big lead. But here's another one to chew on, too. <laughs> Doug Peterson is 6-0 and as a dog in the playoffs well here's the thing too and this has this is this is so true all year I I have said boy Kansas City's good but they sure play down to their opponent they don't know how to put people away so I'm totally going up against what I've said all season just because you know, maybe I should listen to myself every once in a while. Oh, Tampa Bay, they they just gotta put it together. You know, if they start putting things together, boy, they're gonna be really good. Well, now they're out. So maybe I should listen to my fat self and say, hey, you know what? Uh maybe Kansas City just will always play down to their opponents this season. Yeah, and I think that's part of it. I think uh, you, you, you Jacksonville is playing with house money. They've got nothing to lose here. Kansas City has everything to lose at home on top of it. It's pressure. They play down to their opponents, all that good stuff. If you really want a really juicy bet, play on the under here. I mean, we're talking 52 and a half points. I don't know if it's going to get that high on this either. But, again, my bet is on Jacksonville at the eight and a half. So that's that. Chiefs will win, though, because – Again, they are just a better team. Giants and the Eagles, a juicy matchup Saturday night. I love this stone, and you know what? (laughs) This is going to come back to bite me. You know it's going to because New York teams, no matter if we're talking the Yankees or the Jets or the Giants or the Mets or the Rangers or the Islanders or the Knicks or the damn Liberty in the WNBA, they always come back to bite Trevor J. Brown right in the ass. So you know who I'm taking. I'm taking the New York Giants to win this game. I'm hopping on the day ball train, baby. You know what? It's not necessarily bad to hop on the day ball train, but I'm in disagreement. The Eagles are on arrest. They're at home. The Giants are coming off a big win. We've talked about this numerous times when you're talking about betting games. I don't like it at the seven and a half right now. If it falls to seven, I'm willing to bet on Philly at that point in time. I mean, 
Daniel Jones is coming off his best game. I'm asking what's going to be the encore here against especially this Philly defense, which has no problems getting after the quarterback, okay? So I get it. There's there's things here and, and stuff like that when Dayball's a great coach and he could pull this out, but I'm not willing to go that far yet. I'm going to stay with Philly on this one. You're probably pretty smart for taking Philly. And anyone that's betting, uh, even with the line being seven, I would still take Philly at this point just because I took the Giants. So that should tell you something right there. Uh, Cincinnati and Buffalo Sunday at two. Uh, I'm I'm going Joe Cool, man. I'm taking the Bengals. You know what? I'm in agreement here, and I wow. I'm still trying to figure out why, because everybody's telling me and everything that the Bills are the bet. And this was when it was at four and a half. It's moved up to five and a half here. I don't know how this is getting wider. Yeah. I'm like, am I missing something? Now I get it. Cincinnati's missing three of their studs on the offensive line, and Buffalo's defense is no joke. But I still cannot get my hands, my arms wrapped around Josh Allen, who continues to screw up regularly every single freaking game. Yeah. I, I, I can't. Turnovers are huge here in the playoffs, and I don't understand. And and I think it was – I said it best when last time we were talking about Buffalo. They are the Mike Tyson. They're going to go for the knockout punch. And if there is – any quarterback in this league who seems to take <laughs> the uppercut for the knockout the best and then come back to win, it's Joey B, baby. Joe Burrow seems to have a knack of doing this. And since he's pissed now, they're pissed because they've got to come to Buffalo for this game. I've heard it. They, they, they do not understand why this isn't at a neutral site. And Roger Goodell came on out and said, hey, this is why we've got the rules. You guys made a mistake in locking off that field. You should have stayed on the field, and we could have called a forfeit. Yeah. So he's putting it back. The rules were in place. You're screwed here. Since he's kind of pissed, and they've got a right to be on this. So I think there's a little bit more there. Buffalo, yes, they've got they've got a lot of things to be thankful for. Tamar Hamlin's in the building, all those good things. And I do not understand this line. And maybe I'll be proved wrong on Sunday. That's fine. But I'm with you. I think Cincinnati wins this one. See, what's interesting about the line is I, I'm going to take Cincinnati to win. But I think this... I see the Bengals-Bills game, and I see the Giants-Eagles game. I'm thinking it's a field goal game, Stone. Yeah, can. And if it's a field goal, that's where I don't understand. If it's a field goal game, I'm, on, on, definitely with the Bengals-Bills yeah. one, I can see it being a field goal game. Yeah. I don't know why this line keeps going up. Yeah. It's crazy, man. I mean, we'll see how it goes. It, it obviously could move before game time. Uh, the lock of the week for me, man, it, I'm taking your Niners. And honestly, I think they kicked dog crap all over Dallas. I think Dallas is going to be coming into this game. They're going to be puffing their chest out because they think that they, oh my goodness, we beat Tom Brady. We beat the Bucks. Like we said before, Bucks are trash. They're not very good. This isn't Tom Brady. This isn't, this isn't Tom Brady from two years ago. This is a this is a Tampa Bay team that was awful all year. They were eight and nine. I'm taking the 49ers by at least ten. Okay. So my lock of the week was actually the Chiefs, even though I told you it was going to be closer or anything. My second bet is on the Bengals. I took them at four and a half. I'll even take them now at five and a half, of course. 
And my third bet, the carved in stone bet of the <laughs> week, is those San Francisco 49ers at negative three and a half. Now, the only reason why I'm not with you on this whole thing being the lock of the week is this three and a half, I'm, I'm, I'm not understanding it. <laughs> it's nobody, it's everybody really going to go that far the other way on the way San Francisco's been playing at home and Dallas coming off this win against Tampa Bay, which isn't as good of a team as Seattle. Let's face it, yeah. they're not. Okay, so you got that to begin with. With just a week before that, Dallas got their ass kicked by Washington. I mean, everybody's acting like, now, oh, yeah, the whole season, Dak's throwing all those picks or whatever. That's all corrected. Mike McCarthy, he's a fantastic coach. <laughs> Four extra points, by the way. Whatever. He's a genius. You know, he won a Super Bowl, you know. You know, Jerry Jones willing to double down. Hey, I, there was three things I wanted to correct. And now I was going to talk to him about three more things, but we just pounded Tampa Bay. I don't think I need to talk to him. Folks. Slow the roll. Yeah. And the star, the star is going, I, I get it. Everything's hyped again. Dallas has the bandwagon rolling. You know, they're coming to town. You know, they're riding high. They're a team that's won 12 wins on the season. They're a team that deserves to go to the NFC Championship. All that. Here's what I'm going to ask. It's probably going to be another monsoon in San Francisco on Sunday night. A. B. You telling me Dallas is willing to get in the phone booth and have a fist fight with San Fran because that's the way San Fran plays. It's going to be a fist fight in a phone booth. And you're telling me the Cowboys are going to bring it and knock the 49ers out of the phone booth? I don't think so. Dude, on on Dallas's first possession on Monday against Tampa, they had the ball for like 20 seconds against Tampa. And that defense. So imagine what the San Francisco defense will do. San Francisco, I, I, I would, I would bet that they get pressure on Dak. It's going to be a three and out to start, and I guarantee you they sack him at least once on the opening drive when Dallas has the ball. Dak is not comfortable being moved out of the pocket mm-hmm. when he's got to be moved out of the pocket, and nobody does that better in the league right now than the San Francisco 49ers and Nicholas John Bosa. So you can come in Dallas. You can, you can swag your way in, talk about your five championships, which happened like 30 years ago and (laughs) tell everybody that you're America's team. That's all fine and dandy because that's not going to punch your ticket to the NFC championship this year. So it's going to be. Go ahead. So we are looking at uh, your picks. You're taking for the AFC Championship. You will have the Bengals and the Chiefs, and then for the NFC, you would have the Eagles and your Niners. And then the only difference would be I'm going to take the Giants to beat the Eagles. Um, so I'd have Giants, Niners, and Bengals, Chiefs. But we're the same on the AFC side. Correct. For just straight picks. So. It's crazy, man. It's going to be a fun weekend of games. I'm I'm looking forward to it. I am a little sad, though, because the season's winding down. And uh, you've been great all year, man. It's It's been 
so much fun. We still have a few more weeks left, but enjoy the games this weekend, man, and, and we'll catch up with you next week. You too, Trevor. Always a pleasure coming on for another Free For All Friday. That's right. It's here on the Trevor J. Brown Show on the Inherent Dream Podcast Network. The Trevor J. Brown Show. Can't get enough of the Trevor J. Brown Show? Join Trevor for bonus content Saturday exclusively on the Spotify app. For bonus content Saturday, Trevor spins the tunes he's enjoying right now, tunes he loves from the past, great local music, and also continues to build his playlist of his favorite and, in his opinion, the greatest songs of all time. Join Trevor for bonus content Saturday exclusively on the Spotify app. Wrapping it up for another edition of the Trevor J. Brown Show. Sending birthday wishes to Mama Brown as we're going to be celebrating Sunday with some delicious food and some delicious cake and some delicious football games as well. We invite you tomorrow to tune in to Bonus Content Saturdays. That is exclusive on the Spotify app. And uh, tomorrow we are hopping back into our playlist, the thousand greatest songs of all time. Yes, we're building a playlist of what we feel are the greatest songs of all time. And on this playlist so far, we have everything from the Beatles to John Williams to Tupac. I mean, it is a very diverse list in terms of genres and songs, rap, hip hop, R&B, rock, alternative. We have country, we have classical Tune in, check it out. It's exclusive tomorrow on the Spotify app because we play music. That's bonus content Saturday here on the Inherent Dream Podcast Network. Thank you so much for tuning in. Enjoy the football this weekend. Have a great weekend. This has been the Trevor J. Brown Show. The opinions expressed on this show do not express the views of staff, management, or sponsors of Inherent Dream Production Company or streaming services where the show may be heard. The Trevor J. Brown Show is a production of Inherent Dream Production Company. This is the Inherent Dream Podcast Network.